Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher, addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. My name is Chris Busher and I am your host today. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast, giving this podcast an opportunity, and coming in with an open mind. Uh, just right out, right out the get-go, I want to be able to tell you I have never done a podcast before. I've done radio interviews, I've done YouTube, I've done different social media stuff, and I've preached the gospel in well over a thousand churches over the course of the last 10 years in several different countries, but I'll tell you, this is probably the most intimidating for me. Sitting in my office in front of a microphone trying to deliver this quick message for you because number one, it's so new for me, and number two, I believe in the importance of what I'm doing right here. This is not something that I have wanted to do, but it is something that God has been pressing on my heart for several months now, and he's been asking me this one question, and the one question is, is Jesus enough? Is he sufficient enough? Is he still in all of this? And he's just been pressing me every single time, every decision that I make, he's been asking me this question. Am I enough, Chris? Am I enough? Am I more than enough for you? And the title of this particular episode is The Insufficiency of Christ When Jesus Isn't Enough. Now, before you go ahead and turn this podcast off and say, hey, this is blasphemy or hey, this is total garbage, let me go ahead and tell you very clearly that I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is enough. Jesus is more than enough. Jesus is sufficient for every little thing that you could possibly imagine. But this question still remains, and I do believe that a lot of people still believe this, that Jesus is insufficient, and that is the reason for today's episode. There is a reason that I chose the picture that I chose for this podcast. There's a reason for the name, and we are going to be finding out today. So before we really, truly get into this, let us go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you for your love and for your mercy and for your generosity. We thank you for every single gift that you have given us for the gift of life, Father, for saving us, for for calling us into ministry. Father, we thank you for every single person that is listening to this podcast today, tomorrow, and many years down the road. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit's presence just come into this place. Come into this studio that we're at right now. Come along, along the airways as these people are downloading it and listening to it wherever they are. Meet them where we are right now. In Jesus' name. Now, I want to begin this podcast by telling you how it all started for me. Several months ago, I was the guest speaker of a church, 
Um, I'm not a very famous person. I'm, I'm not very well known. Uh, but the Lord has opened up so many opportunities for me to minister in so many different churches. Uh, and, and God has just used me in wonderful, wonderful ways that I wouldn't even imagine possible. And I'm not saying that to brag on me at all because there is nothing good in me apart from Jesus Christ. The only reason I am saying that is because it has opened up many different opportunities for me to be able to speak to people who otherwise probably wouldn't have received the message of Jesus. Uh, because, number one, they've been offended by the gospel. They've been offended by Christians. Um, they might have a particular idea of what a minister looks like and, and all of these different preconceived notions that would block them away from hearing the gospel message. And I, if you've never seen my picture or my videos or anything like that, I'm a young man, and, and I look younger even than what I am. I'm, I'm only 32 years old. I've been a believer in Jesus since I was almost 19, uh, and right away got right into ministry. Um, so I don't, I don't fit your average uh, mindset of what a minister would look like or a preacher or a world traveler or any of that. And so it's really helped me. And so anyway, I was this guest speaker at this church, and, and they, they advertised my name and, and all of this stuff. And I would just sat down in, 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 the, in the pews with, with the people, uh, just congregating a little bit before church. And I don't know if the guy thought I was just a visitor or what, but he just started talking to me. And, all, and I just announced, you know, introduced myself. Hey, my name is Chris. I don't like to, you know, use my last name because, I, I, you know, it just, it's kind of weird, right? I just said, hey, my name is Chris. Nice to meet you. And uh, I think he actually worked at the church. Um, and this was uh, a traditional church. I'm not going to say, you know, the denominational name, but, you know, it was a fairly traditional church, very, very old, beautiful building um, filled with uh, filled with people that were middle-aged and above mostly, um, just real well-hearted uh, people, believers in Jesus Christ. And our conversation took a quick turn very quickly uh, when, when he started, I'm not sure why he noticed it, uh, but he, he mentioned that there is a, like a Pentecostal preacher or something coming today, and, and I'm not a Pentecostal preacher, so I don't know why he called me that, but uh, he's, he just had this bitter look on, on his eyes, um, and I asked him, hey, uh, do, do you not like those type of preachers? And he just started to get on this you know quiet rant about how much he hated what he called big box churches. Now, I've never heard this before. I've never heard this term big box church. I've never, you know, even, you know, even considered what that meant. I assume it, it had something to do with like Walmart style or something, but he just kept using this term over and over again, big box church. And the whole time that I'm listening to it, uh, he had no idea that, that I myself am a pastor of what he calls a big box church. Uh, and I could have gotten offended. I could have easily said, oh my gosh, this guy is crazy. I could have, you know, just let it go in one ear and out the other. But instead, I listened to him. Um, he, was, he was an older gentleman. And I just want to share some of the different things that he said. Uh, the reason why he basically hated or at least had zero respect for these quote-unquote big box churches. Uh, here are some of the things. He said, most people inside those churches are biblically ignorant, including the pastors. He said, they are consumer Christians. They have zero commitment to the church. They have loud music, fog machines, and it's just a hip-hop concert. They judge us traditional Christians. They shake, they dance, they have no self-control. 
They have no traditions and no history of the church. They just pop up overnight. And he just went on with several more of these uh, different reasons for why he really hated it. And he he went on to share the reason um, his son actually left their church to go join one of these quote-unquote big box churches. And I think that has a little bit to do with why he had such bitterness to it. But the reason that this bothered me so much, the reason I, I couldn't really sleep that night is I kept thinking, oh my Lord, I think this guy is right. He He's not right on every point. But there are some truths to what he was saying, some truths to why he was really offended uh, about, first of all, let's let's just go through some of these, you know, very quickly. When he said, most are biblically ignorant. Now, I'm not the type of guy that's going to sit there and tell you that pastors and, and church members and all those people are biblically ignorant. That would be, that'd be very judgmental of me, and it wouldn't be true at all. But let me tell you, in, in all of the countries I've been and all of the different people that I have ministered to, i got to agree with this guy. Most of these guys, they know very little, and most of the church members know very little of the Bible itself. Uh, and they're very quick to to accept the teachings that any preacher will will preach to them. Uh, this has been my constant battle in in all of these countries that I've been to, and I, I've I've been to to Mexico, to to Canada, to Pakistan, to Kenya, uh, to uh, Brazil for almost eight years, to Colombia, Peru, um, many different places. And I see this common trait. Not all of them. Trust me, it's not all of them. Many people, they will just surprise you with how much knowledge they have about the Bible and how much respect. Uh, but many people, when you ask them you know, to teach you the Bible or even just explain genuine Christianity or what the gospel itself really means, they have a very difficult time to them. They can give you facts about so many different things, but when it comes to Bible things... They struggle with it. And so I'm not going to say that, that the man was completely off on that. That is something that even even I struggle with many times. I'm constantly learning, constantly wanting to know more and more and more. And I'm constantly forcing myself not to just accept every little thing that any preacher will tell me. I believe that is a very dangerous thing that many of us Christians fall into. We instantly believe anyone with a microphone because we just don't want to look it up for ourselves. And another dangerous thing is just getting on Google and finding a blog post or someone who, you know, just, you know, built a website and is trying to teach people things, even though they might not even be remotely correct. We live in a dangerous world today. Uh, so, like I said, I'm going to believe this guy on, on this. He, he, It's a very valid point that I hope that we can we can grow and I personally can grow in this. The next one, they are consumer Christians. Man, this guy, he just, he went off on this. And... I don't believe that this is entirely true, but what he was sharing was that the fact that, you know, when they get offended by one church or after about a year of going to the same church, they get bored, they get bored with the worship, they get bored with the preaching style, and they just jump around from church to church to church. They wear, you know, the Christian t-shirts and Christian hats and all of these other things, and they just make all these decisions based upon their feelings and emotions, and it rapidly changes. And I think a lot of that has to do with depending on different cultures. Um, maybe maybe he was mostly just thinking about here in America, but when I look at different countries that I've been to, I really haven't seen that problem. I've seen people being more committed to their churches uh, outside in other countries. Uh, so I'm going to have to disagree with this guy on this, and this is just my opinion. 
The next thing he said, they have zero commitment to the church. Now, I don't know where he got that from. I don't know why, but you know, this one really bothers me. It bothers me um, mostly because I've met many believers, and we have believers in, in our church that I go to that I'm an associate pastor of uh, here in the States, uh, that they're very committed to the church. They give up many days of, of their lives every single week. They give up countless hours. They're, they're very committed, and they tithe. So I'm not sure why he would say that. I think he was, you know, trying to puff himself up. Uh, the next one, though, I am going to have to, you know, kind of agree with this guy. Uh, loud music, fog machines, just a hip-hop concert. I don't think every church is like that. My church is certainly not like this, and I have a quote-unquote one of his big-box churches that he was talking about. Um, but, you know, my biggest thing with this has always been, you know, if you try to make your church too much like a rock concert and too much like that, you're going to have to keep them by using those methods. Um, one of my one of the one of the men that I've never had the privilege of meeting, but his ministry changed my life so much. His name was Pastor David Wilkerson. Uh, he was the he was the founder of a ministry school for for drug addicts and, and gang members, and just taught him how to meet Jesus. And he he had a church, you know, Times Square Church. If you've ever Listen to him, man, this guy, he was so anointed by God. Um, and this was one of the things that he always talked about, that he saw more of the world coming into the church than the church impacting the world. And when he would talk about this in his messages, it would just crush me because it was something that I didn't want to happen to myself. I didn't want to look more and more like the world. When people look at me, look at my life and my decisions, I want them to truly know this man follows Jesus. Um, and so, but I do believe that great worship is happening in our quote unquote big box churches around the world today. I believe that we are living in a time of such anointed worship, and I can't tell you how grateful I am for God uh, blessing many artists and, and people with talents and abilities to be able to worship in all new ways. Um, I grew up as a as a Catholic, and I remember singing the hymns and stuff in church. And I'm not against hymns. I love some of those old hymns. Some of those old hymns are just anointed and powerful. Uh, but I, you know, I if I had to choose between one or the other, I would choose um, some of the more uh, contemporary new worship songs because they they just grab you in a whole new way because it, it's for our generation right here, right now. Um. But then again, I have been to some churches in different countries where, you know, it is kind of like a hip-hop concert. So, you know, it's kind of give or take. Um, they judge traditional Christians is what he said. I don't really see that. I know that I've met a small handful that do that. But, you know, I, he might have just had a bad taste of some big box church members. They shake, they dance, and there's no self-control. Um, you know, you go anywhere in this world... Uh, you're going to have, you know, different styles, different things. I'm going to personally say that I do believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe that God is moving. I believe in a lot of that stuff. But at the same time, this is the best way that I describe it to all of my students uh, every single day and anyone that I minister to. You get enough squirrels in an area and you're going to find some nuts. So, you know, that take it or leave it, that's kind of how I see it. Um, the last one, though, is uh, something that I really want to touch on. He said, they have no traditions or a history of their church. They pop up overnight. Now, I got I to tell you, um, this is something that, you know, 
he really hit home on for me. He hit home on this because, you know, uh, we do pop up overnight. We grow churches really fast. We we get into new buildings, and I look and I see some of these temples and buildings that they have built, and how much people have sacrificed to be able to just make it beautiful. and And I know the temple, the new temple, is you know our body. Okay, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But there is something special about having a, a beautiful building, um, something sacred, something special, something reverent. And he was telling me that, you know, his his grandparents, they helped build this church, that they helped put these different blocks in themselves and all of these different pieces that his family passed on from generation to generation and how their church building has been there for about 100, 120 years, um, something like that. And you know what? It is just incredible to hear that type of history. It's just incredible. And, you know, when I think about that, I don't have a church that, I can be able to pass down to my kids. Uh, I, I mean, we do, but it's it's not the same. I can't say, hey, hey, son, um, your grandfather, he, he helped build this. He helped sacrifice to make this. He put all these hours in to do this, and then then, you're, then I did it, and now we're passing it on to you type of thing. There's, there's no connection there. But one thing that, that God was really sharing to me about that with is that the one connection we do have is the Scriptures. And that is where our history is, that generation after generation after generation that we have passed down this same message. And it doesn't matter the outside building. It doesn't matter all of those things because we can pass those scriptures down from generation to generation to generation. And my most precious possession that I have ever had, the possession that I have today, that's most important to me, and I have a lot of things today, a lot more than I ever thought that I would. But what's most precious to me is a Bible that was given to me in the most desperate time of my need. And today it is filled with, you know, my sweat, um, some teardrops. It's held together by duct tape. You look at it, it looks very, very ugly. But that one thing is something so special to me that I've taken to almost every country that I've gone to to preach the gospel. And it's the one thing that I hope and I pray that I can hand to my son someday or my daughter someday and say, now it's your turn. It's your turn to take the gospel to a different nation. Take this with you. Understand how much it meant to your father. Take it and share the gospel because that is our tradition. That is what we can pass on for generation to generation to generation. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Tired of no one seeing your Instagram posts? Have a product or service that's not getting the online attention it deserves? Ready to level up? At Busher's Social Media Marketing, we have just what you or your business have been looking for. Our team of dedicated professionals are ready to help you grow and engage your audience. No spam, no bots. Just good old-fashioned quality social media marketing. Visit Busher'sSMM.com today. Ready to jumpstart your career? Want an adventure of a lifetime? Uncle Sam's International is looking for language teachers who are highly motivated and have what it takes to grow and expand their thriving ESL school in Brazil. We need teachers for English, Spanish, Italian, and more. Visit Uncle Sam's International on Facebook today.
Welcome back to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Busher. I want to thank you for continuing with me on this podcast as we talk about the title, The Insufficiency of Christ, When Jesus Isn't Enough. Now, just like I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, that is not the way that I feel. Um, I chose this title for a reason, and now I really want to get into the meat of this reason. Um, I have been in the ministry for a long time, um, and I'm still still going. And a lot of people that I have met, they get this they get this idea that when a when a mini- person is in ministry, they instantly become this perfect Christian. They instantly have this <clears throat> strong uh, communication with God 24-7, that they never make mistakes again, uh, and all of these different things. And i, I got to tell you, that couldn't be any further th- from the truth. The, the real difference uh, that I have noticed is the fact that I constantly have a huge desire to not only please God, but to, but to speak with Him. I'm constantly thinking uh, about my future, uh, about not only on this side of eternity, but on the next side of eternity. I'm weighing my decisions a lot more. Um, and I have been very blessed and, and cursed in some ways to have my eyes open to many things that, that most people prob- in ministry probably haven't yet. Um, and we'll get into this in, in future podcast episodes, but just to, to kind of, you know, level it out and put and throw it out there for you. Um, when I spent the last eight years in Brazil working for the largest denomination there, um, this denomination is, is uh, it's, it is extremely large. And I don't want to say the name over this podcast, but if you do any research at all on, on Google about me, you'll know what I'm talking about. And I work directly under the president of that denomination, um, had several meetings with him, and he opened up the doors for me to minister in a lot of churches and a lot of events. And I spent almost eight years doing this as a very young man, um, start starting out uh, in my early 20s, being exposed to a lot of things, rising up, uh, getting in, in different opportunities, and you get to see a lot of good and you, gotta, you get to see a lot of bad. And I'll tell you, some of the things that I saw um, took my breath away, and some of the things that I saw and was exposed to uh, broke my heart. In fact, every single decision that I would make, I would base it upon the fact I don't want to become like these people. I don't want to make every decision based upon finances. I don't want to make every decision based upon this or upon that and all of these things. And when I see myself starting to do that, I instantly fall down to my knees and I start crying out, God, please help me. Save me from this. Because it scares me. It really does. I remember, I remember when I was a first new believer and reading some of these scriptures about uh, Jesus talking about it's better to you know have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown into the ocean uh, than to lead one of these little ones astray. And uh, James talking about you know how not many of you should become teachers because you'll be judged more sternly. And and so many different scriptures that point to this message that what I am doing and what I am saying each and every day has very serious consequences to it. Um, 
and you know it, it's it's a joy and it's a privilege and it is something that that many of us ministers probably need to uh, consider a lot more. And it's something and I'm and I'm preaching to myself right now. I need to consider it every single day, every word that I speak. Um, Lord, please help me on this. Um, but the insufficiency of Christ. I don't believe that Jesus is insufficient at all. And when I do start to think that Jesus is insufficient, maybe even subconsciously, that is when I start to fall into one ditch or another and not stay on the road. That's when I start making decisions based upon finances. That's when I start making decisions on where I'm going to go minister based upon the reach and, and all of these different things instead of looking at it the way that Jesus himself looked at it. When, when Jesus isn't enough in your life anymore, that is when we try to add to the gospel um, or add to the church service, thinking that the gospel isn't enough anymore. Like I said, spending all of those years outside of the United States and then coming back, um, recently coming back, back in May, so almost a year, by the time this podcast is uh, officially uploaded and everything, It'll be a year of being back in the United States, seeing the way that the church uh, services are, are being done and the way that people are, are preaching the gospel, the different things that they are using. Uh, it's a very shocking thing. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying all, all of it is bad. Don't get me wrong on this. It just, it really has been stirring inside of me. When did Jesus quit being enough? Uh, when when we have to focus so much on on all the audio, the visual, the the different lighting, uh, the different services that we're going to be providing the families and everything, and and I start asking myself, when did Jesus quit being enough? When was it not enough anymore just for a man or a woman to stand there with their Bible open and start opening up the Word of God for people? I remember in in Pakistan that's all that they wanted from me. They didn't want me to, you know, have my computer out and throw out a slideshow for them and give them a five-point message, uh, you know, that was going to intellectually change them. They wanted me to teach them what the scriptures meant. Uh, I remember this this old lady she she didn't have an actual bible with her. She just had a few pages and she would point to it and say, hey, "What does this mean?" What does this mean? She had this hunger for for the gospel in a way that that was convicting for, for myself. And I'm sure if you were there, it would have been convicting for you as well. There was a hunger in, in, in a lot of these places that I have been for the gospel, unlike a lot of what I've seen coming back to the States. And, and I'm not trying to pass any type of judgment at all. Please don't, don't think that. Um, but when I when I try to preach the gospel and when I get invited to different places to preach, you don't see me bring my computer with me there uh, or present a slideshow or all these things. I'm standing there as a humble man with my Bible that is held together by duct tape and I am opening up the scriptures and I am trying in a way to present the gospel in a way that would be fresh for them, teaching them the context behind it, trying to stir something inside of them saying, hey, this gospel is real, this gospel is relevant, and Jesus is enough. Um, I, I personally love my church that I go to. 
Um, I'm an associate pastor there. Uh, my senior pastor is excellent, and and I know that he shares my heart with this. And we are we are considered one of these big box churches that uh, that that the man was speaking about it in my story earlier today. Um, but we we keep this on the forefront of of our mind. And and I can tell you, um, I know that there are a lot of great churches out there that do this. We we pray before every single service, asking God, please lead us. The messages that that we preach, they're they're not always, you know, that feel good message. You know, your best life now and all of this. It's it's Jesus, 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 and that is what it's about. Jesus is enough. Jesus is more than enough. The moment we stop believing that is the moment we start to go astray. And I I fear, I fear, listen to me for a second, I fear for the future of our church. Not not the not necessarily the church I go to, I'm talking about the global church here. I fear for our future if we continue to add to the gospel. If we continue to add all of these things into us, we're going to lose our DNA. We're going to lose that thing that makes us special. We're going to lose uh, everything about ourselves little by little, trying to trying to, to make the world accept us, trying to make the world love us uh, and, and want us. Because, you know, Jesus says that it's not going to happen. And the Gospels, the, the, the epistles, all of it gives the message, we're at war with this world, that it's not going to happen. <clears throat> I'm, I, I hate to tell you that, that I'm, I'm very familiar with, with a ministry that, that has changed my life that uh, is in the middle of, of a huge debate right now over this very issue. And I don't want to get into it. I don't, I don't want to you know say any names or anything like this. But this is a ministry that has changed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands because of Jesus Christ. Because their only focus from the very beginning has been Jesus, 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 Jesus. And now it is in the it is in turmoil because some are asking, "Is Jesus not enough? Do we have to do something different? Do we have to do something more?" And I see this pattern going and going, and it it terrifies me. And I I encourage every single person listening to this podcast today just to be praying about this. It doesn't matter if you're listening today, ten years, twenty years, fifty years from now, whatever it is. Pray for this. Pray that Jesus is enough for for your leadership. Pray that Jesus is enough for your church. Pray that Jesus is enough for you personally. Pray that he is more than sufficient for all of your problems. I'm going to get into many different things in, in future podcasts, um, talking about you know some things that I have gone through, some things that I have experienced. I'm gonna I'm gonna open up the curtains for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull them back and I'm gonna show you. All of the different things that, that have, have, have trapped me, all of the different things that I have learned through these different traps, the, the, the things that I have experienced, and, and the things that I have learned along the way. And if anyone is out there and you have, you have questions about these things or you have uh, comments or concerns, please connect with me on social media. Connect with me on, on Facebook or Instagram or, or YouTube. I want, to, I, want to, I want to speak with you. I want to learn with you. I want to grow with you. Because I believe, as long as you believe that Jesus is enough, and I believe that that's enough, you and I, we are family. We are family in Jesus Christ. So I want to thank you 
for listening to this podcast today. I want to thank you for hearing the the DNA of this podcast. Uh, And just a spoiler alert, the reason that I chose the picture that I chose is because it reminds me of the simplicity of Jesus. Simplicity of Christianity, how simple the gospel is and how difficult we've made it. If you haven't had a time or a chance to look at this picture, just look at it. It's a simple, you know, a uh, whitewashed church, you know, with the steeple, looks like it couldn't hold more than 30 people out in the middle of a prairie, you know, and, and I I just love seeing these churches. Um, you know, I've never been to one of these little church services, so maybe I just have, you know, this this uh, this wrong idea of what it would be like, but it just it reminds me, you know, kind of almost like Little House on the Prairie style, just something simple, something something beautiful, something, you know, outdated, compared to our big box churches, as, as that man said. Uh. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.